2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
0: It's the Round Ball Rock podcast story. David Raw. David Roth. David, nice. Roth. <laughs> David Roth, David Roth, David Roth, musical guest, David Raw! <laughs> and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock,
2: Dave Roth.
3: Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and that's right. Our guest today is from Defector. David Roth, uh, who is always so nice to do our podcast, once did us a favor where we asked him to do a Don Pardo impression of him saying his own name and now torture him with that every time he comes on the show. <laughs> I we are a bad people.
1: Like a professional. A <laughs> uh, like professional voiceover actor that I am. Uh-huh. I've done nothing but be punished for it ever
3: since. <laughs> and that other voice you're hearing there is, of course, America's uncle dad my best friend and co-host sean keen um sean dave (laughs) we've got a big day today Mm -hmm. you know what that means it's almost thursday in march Mm -hmm. which means it's time for us all to lose our minds over children playing basketball and you know what that (laughs) means
1: (laughs) this part i do know what this means
3: uh it's time for our annual alumni draft, and David is here to judge it. Sean, do you want to explain to our, any new listeners how how this works and what we're doing?
2: Yeah, so this is the fourth year of uh, the alumni draft march madness tournament uh the first year in fact there was not actually an ncaa tournament because of covid and uh we (laughs) needed to fill the time and uh we i think we went with a weird joe Lenardi tearful final Mm -hmm. seeds projection because he's just like like we bracketology doesn't end just because there's a global pandemic basically yeah. uh but what we do is uh we Joey and I each select alumnus uh, an alumnus <laughs> from each of these NCAA tournament teams uh, we try not to repeat them, which is getting much more difficult in uh, the fourth year. <laughs> yeah, because it seems
3: like a hundred teams make this tournament every year. And, and um... some
2: of these teams, I'm looking at you, Oral Roberts University, are mostly televangelists in terms of uh, <laughs> the notable alumni. And uh, it is it really sucks to just sift through lists of corrupt state senators. But uh and uh, we always have uh, different celebrities on to uh, b- basically arbitrate these choices, and eventually yeah. we will end up with an alumni final four um, well,
3: that you can vote on. I'm going to do vote a, on. I'm going to do a Google Doc this year, a Google okay, poll instead of a Twitter year, instead poll, instead of okay. a Twitter poll, because I think yeah. it gets juiced by strangers, and I don't like that.
2: Okay, <laughs> so yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> Is so that this how
1: Nancy Grace won last year was her
4: her stand squad
1: got in the mix.
2: Yeah, we've had not like the so I think did John Tesh win the first one? John
3: Tesh did win the first one. Yes, and then
2: did John Hinckley Jr. win the second one? John Is that Hink- right? I
3: believe that's correct. Yeah,
2: and then last year it was either Doctor Conrad Murray. I mean, Nancy Grace was in the final four, for Dr. sure. Dr.
3: Conrad Murray won last year. So. <laughs> the man that killed Michael Jackson.
2: <laughs> so who will join those three on the Mount Rushmore of Round Ball Rock, March Madness alumni winners? Uh, this year, we split them up. We kind of separate them differently every year. This year, uh, Joey did the odd seeds. I did the even seeds. Uh, and uh, David, you're here to do the south and the east brackets. Yes
3: for the record the way we would like david to choose he can choose any way he wants but we're not imagining these people playing basketball that is the most boring way to do it yeah this is a it's a completely vibes based choice at the time that david then when he does it sometimes regrets the vibes Mm -hmm. he chose you
1: you can't always tell where it's going but obviously when when you've cr- when Dr. Conrad Murray cuts down the nets, yeah, you know first of all that it is vibes based, and second of all, that the understanding of how vibes work is idiosyncratic yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: to be At fair. Best. last year, the brackets we gave you were particularly bad people. It was like somehow yeah. Sean and I only chose villains um.
0: Yeah, yeah, and
2: we've had we've had some uh, judges that also went real weird too yeah, before. Yeah. Where we just saw Huel Hauser go to the Elite Eight, as well as like the bass player from Disturbed. Yeah. Did he
4: go really yeah. far?
3: He went really far. Also, um, a, a final four. A person I believe taking on Kim Deal in the final four was the. Uh, the journalist who uh, figured out the CIA—I uh, can't even remember his name. Gary
2: Webb. Gary he, was, Webb. he figured well, out that yeah, yeah. and the then crack crack his up, his, uh, his new, yeah his newspaper <laughs> abandoned him, and then he had a mysterious suicide. Yeah, yeah uh, he
1: was—I believe was played by Jeremy Renner in a he movie. He was. Oh yeah, which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is quite a legacy. Which, uh, great
2: legacy. Great
3: guy. Weird final four choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was going up against Kim Deal.
1: I don't Um, know if it was that I was the person that was responsible for sending. I
2: feel like Nancy Grace
1: was definitely Nancy Grace.
3: I believe and Conrad Murray were both.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I thought. (laughs) I thought. I think you sent Hoda to the final four. Actually. Oh no!
3: It was Conrad Murray versus Hoda. Hoda beat Nancy Grace. That is what happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I
2: thought. Th- oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought Tony Soprano might have made the final. Because I had the like, he made I had the final four half of it, and I don't remember who did the the other half of it last year. It was Matt Lee. Matt Lieb, <laughs> Matt Lieb yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Broadcaster. <laughs> we love Matt.
1: Yeah, I've um, he's got a little baby now. Is he going to be coming back to do it, or is
3: he? No, we've wrapped gotten up? Uh, Matt from the 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 uh, the starters and the basketball Jones is going to be doing. Oh, nice! Yeah this wow, year. Yeah, these are uh, these are big gets. Yeah, we We're only doing... we only have you and then a Matt. So if you're That's a fair. if you're a Matt with a semi-popular podcast, um, uh, let us know for next hit year. Hit us up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
1: if you're a more articulate Dave, you should hit him up, too. Honestly, like this is not. It doesn't to me. There's people that understand this better than I do. Yeah. I'm sure.
3: Mm, I think yeah. you are the one who understands this the most. Actually. I will say that it, it felt good
1: uh, leaving my hand last year. Like that was definitely one of those things where any time that you're just basically able to just sort of like bang it like Nancy Grace, move her ahead. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I didn't. I wasn't happy to be saying that. I wasn't happy sure, to be thinking but you were about Daisy Grace. It was but yeah, you made cards the on right the table. Choices. Yeah, I wasn't thinking yeah. about her before the podcast, and I was sure thinking about her <laughs> afterwards, and that was a that was a loss for me. Like that was not a success. The and other- yet, you know, it also was like I felt like I'd participated in something important. It was like the yeah. way you might feel after a strenuous workout.
2: <laughs>
3: so Sean. Yeah. You had two play in games for the 16 seeds. Do you yeah. want to uh, go yeah. through I'll, those
2: real quick? I'll leave this up. So I had a Texas AM Corpus Christi versus Southeast Missouri State, both alumni powerhouses. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Texas AM Corpus Christi, not an amazing alumni field. I went with Kim Henkel, the screenwriter of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nice. Leatherface's father, a Leatherface daddy, mm-hmm. if you will.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, and uh, Kim Hangel will be going up against uh, Roy Thomas from Marvel Comics, oh. who co-created, I'm just going to read you this full list, Wolverine, Vision, Doc, Samson, Carol Danvers, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Ultron, Yellow Jacket, Defenders, Man-Thing, Red Sonia, Adam Warlock, Morbius... Hey, mm-hmm. Ghost Rider, Squadron Supreme, Invaders, Black Knight, Nighthawk, Havoc, Banshee, Sunfire, Thunder, Archon, Killraven, Wendell Vaughn, Red Wolf, Red Guardian, Damon Hellstrom, Brother Voodoo, and Valkyrie. Uh, I didn't know who most of those were.
3: Uh, but Brother Voodoo, I don't know who that is, but sounds racist. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah.
2: Yep. Okay. Uh, so, so, Rob, you have to choose who goes on to face the Alabama alumni. So, as daunting
1: as it is, somebody that just comes up with 50 guys over the course of their life, that they're just like <laughs> rushing into the office like Kramer, being like, Brother Roodoo, And everybody be like, oh, this sounds worrying, so what's Brother <laughs> <laughs> Like as impressive as that is, like I am not familiar with hardly any of those characters, and I did like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so it's going to be Kim Henkel for me. I, I think that's
3: the correct
2: choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, who's who's Kim Henkel going to be facing, Joey?
3: Oh well. Um, look, last year we did, we gave Dave a lot of villains, and unfortunately. We're kicking off with another villain. Nice. Uh, Kim Hankel is going. He's definitely the Alabama alumni going up against the Alabama alumni who stole the most of uh, Kevin Bacon's money. And that is, of course, Ponzi schemer <laughs> extraordinaire Bernie Madoff. Returning to the tournament. <laughs>
1: No one expects Bernie Madoff to be on that roll tide <laughs>
2: lifestyle. I believe I believe David Roth did not have to make a Bernie Madoff decision last year. Was I he, believe Lieb was he was he definitely has the, been Al- in the He was the Alabama. Yes. He's he's returning.
3: He's the funniest Alabama choice. Like yeah. Well,
1: it's like not just on the merits because obviously you know like you can. Put his achievements up against anybody's in the field of well, uh, wrecking a lot of Jewish related charities and making Kevin Bacon do commercials mm-hmm. like very mm-hmm. few people yep. have done more in that area. But also there's just something funny to me about the idea of Bernie Madoff, <laughs> like stepping off a train in like 1960, whatever, in Alabama, <laughs> just being like, well, this is my home for the next four
2: years. Yes. <laughs> uh, he lost to, to Nancy Grace in the Elite Eight last year. That's a that's a tough one for him. Uh, I'm going to
1: go ahead and move him ahead. Much as I admire uh, Kim Henkel's work, I feel like, you know, whatever. It's it's Bernie Madoff. This is he's a one seed for a reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, Excellent choice.
1: Thanks. Hey, thanks for letting me think about Bernie Madoff this early in the podcast. Uh,
3: all right, Sean, uh, let's just go down the bracket. We then have uh, number eight, Maryland versus number nine, West Virginia. I had West Virginia, uh, Mm -hmm. number nine, and their alumnus this year is a a writer and composer Jay Chataway, who is most famous for composing the theme for Star Trek The Next Generation.
2: Ooh. Okay. Um, I went with X Games gold medalist Travis Pastrana.
1: (laughs) Oh, for (laughs) Maryland. (laughs) And I don't want to this is maybe where uh, me not being a, a Trek person would mm-hmm. impact things too much because I I've heard that theme. It's a good theme. Yeah. Uh, but Travis Pastrana was one of those guys I always admired because he he won stuff in the X Games, but then he like got into other stuff that wasn't like related to it like he was like a bike guy right
2: yeah yeah he was like a motocross guy he,
3: he, but yeah, then
1: he, he was, was also like, like I'll just drive a car he's like my whole thing yeah. is that yeah. I'm not afraid of dying in an accident
3: <laughs> yeah and then I believe he also did that motorcycle jackass show they had that was nice. like uh called like the circus of freaks or something <laughs> 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 where it was only dirt bike based stunts <laughs>
1: That's really solid. That's... MTV somehow with like access to the information that no one else has that that is what like teenage American kids are into yeah. if they're willing to watch it.
4: Just,
1: like slam vids. Yeah, so it's Travis Pastrana. I think moving this ahead. is the correct choice. Nitro Circus is what yeah, that show was Nitro called. Circus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that Roy Thomas invented Nitro Circus.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, Next, we've got San Diego State versus the College of Charleston. Mm -hmm. Um, I had for the College of Charleston, uh, I chose a a TV personality, former host of uh, On the Tee and PGA Tour Today, uh, Casey DeSantis, also Mm. married to a politician somewhere.
4: Hmm. Mm, I
3: think that guy's going to lose, but I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> that's a woman. That's, oh, that's Ron DeSantis' wife. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that makes more sense. No, This, this is
1: Ron DeSantis. Is,
3: she is going to beat my choice, even though we've got a real head to head of bad people here. Oh. Um, for San Diego State, I chose American businessman, the inventor and creator of the Rockstar energy drink oh. Russell Weiner um which already bad right he uh <laughs> but just a couple look, I'm not going to run down all the people but this one real good uh just a uh, a little from his wikipedia page co-founded the Paul Revere society with his father in 1998 he ran as a republican for california state assembly uh And then uh, his campaign positions included advocacy for Prop 227, the ballot initiative, eliminating bilingual education in public schools. Wow.
4: Uh,
3: And then uh, he gave 20 – in 2009, he gave $25,000 to Gavin Newsom's gubernatorial campaign. And it was so bad, Newsom – he's such a bad person, Newsom returned the donation. (laughs) and then, also in 2006, he bought Carlos Boozer's house for 10 million dollars. Wow! <laughs> is Does
4: that
2: the one old? that? Is that the same one that Prince painted purple?
3: No, I don't think so, because this okay. was in West Hollywood. The Prince one, I think, was in Weirdly in Utah. Anyway, yeah, I believe that's what. It,
1: and <laughs> It's really impressive that that's the, the capper to that career. This guy's
2: just destroyed thousands. No, that's definitely, that thousands. was definitely his L.A. house. Yeah. Ben, Prince, Prince did sure. not move to Utah to record an album.
3: We sure about that? (laughs) I I feel like that was
1: why would Boozer have been living in. Well, I guess he would live in L.A. for the same reason. Everyone lives in L.A. It's above the Sunset Strip.
3: Okay, fair enough. Then maybe it is that house. Maybe that is the house Russ Wiener, the creator of Rockstar (laughs) Rockstar Energy.
1: (laughs) Energy Yeah, it is. It it is the same house. (laughs) You can always tell that something's good as a political thing when they pick somebody that died like 300 years before they were born (laughs) as the name to put on it. They're just like, nothing good has happened since this person died. And that is why I and everyone else in the John Quincy Adams Society is standing against
3: uh, Which, by the way, is there anything more San Diego State than inventing the rock star energy drink? Oh, my
1: <laughs> yeah. God. they should put a statue up. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's the, ob- like, of all the ways to get super rich as an American, like, energy drinks are... Like, cause inventing it is the sort of like, what does that involve? Like he never put on a lab coat. Like it was just basically like ordering substances that by themselves
2: like should be illegal. And then also, like, having people. Well, he's, he's, together. he's responsible for the taurine epidemic. That's really mm-hmm. hurt the Appalachians. Um,
3: also, by the way, his Wikipedia photo is a photo of him. Who looks like if uh, a forty-five-year-old man was Seth Green in the movie Can't Hardly Wait? Sta-
1: I was hoping that he yeah. would have that look.
2: That he-
3: <laughs> yeah, and but he's standing next to Rod Stewart, who is holding a oh. can of Rockstar <laughs> Energy oh, Drink. Oh
2: man! <laughs> so uh, when I was in college, they were leading up to the vote on Prop Two Twenty Seven. Someone flier a lecture hall with uh, these these like the back of every seat that said English only, but it misspelled the word English. It Great. added an extra I. It was wonderful. Yeah. Great. They were too 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 hyped. Too yeah. much energy.
1: It's tough right. That's where you can really feel the guarana kicking in. It's got a little bit of an itchy letter I finger at that moment. Yeah. I would love to look up some photos of this guy because what I'm picturing is basically everyone who's ever been ejected from a Miami Heat game. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, but I'm not going to look him up because we got we got a lot of stuff to go through. I'm just yeah. going to say that this is somehow an easy pick for me. Casey Desantis, Ron yeah. DeSantis' wife it. and the mother of his children, mm. is Meatball easily Casey. less objectionable to me yeah. than this.
4: <laughs>
2: she's she's known as the most uh, one of the most memorable faces. In Jacksonville television, so <laughs> <laughs> Duval legend. Uh, all right, our next round. Jo- oh, go ahead. Sorry, Joey. Jo.
3: Oh, it's a me, it is me, huh? Um, our next round is number four, Virginia versus the- number 13, Furman. Now,
2: Joey, where is Furman?
3: Great question. Um, I did not remember to look that up i don't think where is Furman. it I'm is gonna, i think it's, the Furman in Pal- it's in south carolina yeah. i will say they have a great name for a basketball team they're the Furman paladins Ooh. Uh, which you don't hear paladin very much outside of dungeons and dragons campaigns um yeah, yeah.
1: I, I went believe with... their uniforms say pals on yes. as yeah. well.
4: <laughs> oh, that rules. Yeah, they're... Like, Furman's <laughs>
3: cool. Like, they're fine. I got no real beef with Furman. Uh, I went with... Uh, very very, uh, old, old choice, uh, Herman W.A. W. sorry, W. Lay, the founder of Lay's Potato Chips. Wow.
1: We love his <laughs> work.
3: And, uh, funny you know, thing Herman's about him, I learned, is he was a uh, door-to-door salesman for another potato chip company, then borrowed a hundred dollars to start the Lay's Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> this is all,
1: we've really covered, like, all of the ways to get rich, rich in America. In America. This is great. <laughs> um, be so disgusting that you naturally come up with an idea for an energy drink or be a, like a door-to-door salesman in the days before America had laws. I was like, I just
2: say this is more grungy. I need grease in a bag to sustain me. <laughs> Um, okay, for Virginia, I chose uh FBI agent Clarice Starling. Oh no! Uh, also, also <laughs> Hannibal Lecter's canonically Hannibal Lecter's lover.
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> if you read the third book or the oh. second book. Such a disappointing thing that they decided. <laughs> what to do a weird action! That guy, that guy was like, well, because I guess they weren't even expecting a sequel. He and didn't it just like do it, I don't yeah think. <laughs> like. It basically like showed up and with a post-it on it that was like, no notes. Yeah. And they were just like, I guess he wanted to write this thing about Italian art. And <laughs> I remember reading negative like reviews. It. To pigs. And it was like people that, I think that,
1: you know, obviously you can read negative reviews of any sort of popular book if you want to. But this was, I think that he had written, because he did like Red Dragon and yeah. Silence of the Lambs. And people really liked those. And what I remember from the tone of the negative reviews of the, whatever the... Um, the I guess it was just called Hannibal. It was just Mm -hmm. called Hannibal. Was it people like they sounded betrayed? Like they were like, (laughs) I really didn't think that this guy had it in him to write something this shitty and cynical. I don't think he's written uh, anything since. I think uh, he's just like,
4: (laughs) (laughs) well, because
3: it was one of those things where he wrote like, you know, it's like if all of a sudden, look, we all love Michael Connolly, we all love Harry Bosch, we We all love love the Lincoln lawyer, but. They are plain books. You know, it's yeah. like mm-hmm. if John yeah. Grisham all of a sudden wrote a book that they taught in college. That's what happened with Thomas Harris. Where yeah. it was like, yeah, this it's... genre of book was all of a sudden like, this is actually a good book.
2: And people are like, yeah, the concrete blonde actually swept the Academy Awards this year.
1: Huh? <laughs> the idea that he then, like, just was so upset about that, that he single-handedly tried to like reverse it. Like he was like the serial killer guy that do the, the, the ate the liver, the census taker. Yeah. He's not now they're having sex. They're in Italy. He's married to the FBI agent. Do you like this? You probably like this. Don't you?
2: He apparently just volunteers at a seabird shelter all the time and takes cordon bleu cooking classes. And no one knew who he was at the place he volunteered. Oh. Well,
1: uh, classic, classic Hannibal Lecter behavior.
3: Yeah, and it's a cl- it's a classic founder of the potato chip versus <laughs> yeah, Clarice Starling. Clarice Starling. I I think I know which way this one's going. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I <laughs> I like Starling as a character pretty well, but I would yeah. say that, and I and I admire that movie very much. And you know, I've probably seen it a dozen times or some not normal number of times, just because if it's on TV, I'll watch it. Uh, that said. Um, I think you got it. It's got to be Herman Lay. There's just been so much, uh, you know, like tradition in in yeah. my life.
3: Of, of Eating shitty handed,
1: Yeah, like a <laughs> weird shiny yellow bag.
3: That is so thin. The chips are so thin. Oh
1: yeah, you can see through some of them. <laughs> Those are the really ones you really got to be careful
2: with. Yeah. I also just love it when you get to these old products and you're like oh, yeah, like this is named after a guy from the 20s. Like, I think last year, didn't you? I think one of Joey's nominees was like, Dr. Harland Pepper,
4: yeah, who yeah, was uh-huh. the
2: yeah. actual Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Mr. Pepper.
1: <laughs> I think I'm probably repeating myself, but it was like finding out that there was like a Chester Pib, yeah, <laughs> you know, insisted <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> on being addressed as Sir or Mr. by those who didn't know, him. please.
2: Mr. Pib is my father's name, call me Chet.
1: <laughs> Dr. Harland Pepper, yeah, well, this is. I look forward to finding out that more iconic American brands were based on. Like an actual old spice.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right.
3: You're Uh, next, John.
2: Yeah. So our next message is number six, Creighton versus number 11, North Carolina State. Um, Creighton, we've run through some of these people there's uh, not a ton of alumni from this uh, nebraska school year too. yeah so i went with the uh, dentist slash congressman paul gosar uh who is most known <laughs> oh. for his entire family recording uh negative campaign ads against him and now they just uh they keep demanding that he be removed from congress because they're they're uh they haven't been able to stop him yet a truly vile man <laughs> mm-hmm. also in addition to
1: everything else is bad about him he's one of those guys that's like he's like a 60 year old man that's disturbingly online yeah there's a lot of <laughs> like he's got like his staff is all just like fucking based nazis <laughs> and so there's a lot of the the like yes meme like i think if you looked at like the graphics of his twitter thing that's like all the images are like soy jacks And the yes guy And something like a 60 year old shouldn't be thinking about
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh well Paul Gosar is going up against uh, From NC State Abdurrahim El-Kaib Who was the interim (laughs) prime minister Of Libya for 355 Days (laughs) With post Gaddafi Uh no it was in Like 2009 (laughs) So this is- I only chose him because I didn't realize you could be an interim prime minister like what it. It was unclear what happened there, um, but also just interim prime minister. It's like, oh, what if they made Joe Prunty president for less than a year? <laughs> <laughs> and
1: like aiming for like a J.B. Bickerstaff scenario yeah, yeah. where you somehow wind up just becoming the prime minister. Where they're like, yeah, nobody,
2: nobody wants this job. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. <laughs> Evan Mobley really responded to him. I think he yeah, has be like- president.
3: <laughs> He got 26 of 51 votes from the Libyan National Transitional Council.
2: Yeah. Um. He just beat out Jim Clemens. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: as much
1: as I'm well, so i not very familiar with this guy's work, but I can't in good conscience. You know, actually, fuck it. I'm going to Paul Gosar has accomplished more in life than this guy, uh, just in the sense that he's been elected multiple times despite... I think everyone that's ever been around him being like, oh, no, thank you. Uh, so I'll move him ahead. I don't think that Paul Gozar is making a deep run, but I don't know Ab- Abdur Rahim's work as well. So you got to
3: pick enough. the, pick Look, the one
2: disgusting of my weaker online
1: choices. 61-year-old white nationalist that you know.
2: Yeah, right. He believes in every conspiracy theory, too. Yes, I love it, too. That's really
3: number three baylor versus number 14 the universe uh university of california at santa barbara uh i had number three baylor and um there aren't very many people on our list who can say in the 2020 presidential election they got 1.3 percent of the vote and of course i'm talking about baylor alum 2020 libertarian presidential nominee Joe Jorgensen
1: mm, love his work
3: it's a her uh, weird love her work oh a terrific. lady libertarian yeah um,
2: <laughs> um all right well he'll be he'll be facing Chill. uh he'll be facing this uh this I would say that this person's most famous uh accomplishment is in the field of uh, oral cancer awareness.
4: I'm oh, talking no. about
2: an Academy Award winner, Michael Douglas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he went to UCSB.
1: Yeah. Good for him. Just yeah. dedicated to a lifetime of Love having Sparty. a blast. Yeah. From yeah. The very like, start. He's
2: like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter where I go. Yep. My dad's Spartacus. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Like he would, he would have gone to Pepperdine, but it was like a little uptight for him. Yeah. Basically, like I need to be able to roll a tennis ball from my front door to a beach or else I'm not going to go here. Yeah. Well, this is a really satisfying and easy one yeah. because I uh, have enjoyed Michael Douglas's work. Obviously, as you said, he's, uh, he's shown everyone the importance of using mouthwash after. Yeah.
4: That.
1: Sex uh, and yeah it's probably better than uh than whatever joe jorgensen has done so congrats yeah. md you moved ahead I'm,
3: I'm glad we got uh someone who people actually like in this tournament all right <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're halfway through this bracket already and everybody's yeah. been either like <laughs> fascist elected official or like i mean whatever you haven't done any serial killers yet i think i yes. had the like devil in the white city guy <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah uh well there was there's always a joke I didn't do it this year, but H.H. Holmes has... There's like seven colleges he went to, and a okay. lot of times we try and throw him in as many times as possible. <laughs> My dream is to eventually someday get an H.H. H. Holmes versus H.H. Holmes matchup. Yep. Um. <laughs> all right, number seven, Missouri versus number 10, Utah State. I had Missouri, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to... Say another person people like it is beloved character actor Robert Loggia
0: went to Missouri. Uh, Robert Loggia, yeah, he went to Missouri. Just check it in to see if you're doing okay. He majored in raspiness.
2: It is very difficult for either of us to not pick a Sopranos person if they are on these. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. It and, would be. I mean, obviously, it's more
1: pandering when you're on Matt Lieb's half of the bracket. But right, I think right. it's <laughs> like I'm from North Jersey. Like I like
2: television. <laughs> it's all going to work. Yeah. Um, OK, for Utah, number 10, Utah State uh, out of a field that's mostly leaders of the Mormon church. I went with the inventor of headphones, Nathan Baldwin.
1: Whoa. Headphones like the concept?
2: Yeah. There's one man who invented headphones. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's it's very weird. This is even better than Herman Lay inventing (laughs) potato chips. It's really like that's a concept. Herman
3: Lay did not invent potato chips. He invented
1: potato chips that you could see through. Everybody else before that was like, it should obviously be made of potato. And Herman Lay was like, there should be an element
2: of mystery. <laughs> One <laughs> what of it was ear. like, yeah, we got to we got to put some uh, put put your Baldwin's on and listen to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's got he's slipping
1: into a pair of Baldwin's. Is that? Oh, still yeah. A- these are my air bulbs.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is it a, a brand still or was it ever or was it the sort of thing that like like, could you have had like Baldwin brand headphones at some point or did he like work for Bell Labs and some?
2: shit? Uh, I think he worked for the Navy. Okay. And the navy was like, "Hey, you should really patent this dude." And then the guy was like, "I'm not going to do that. This is stupid." And then <laughs> and then they were like, "Please, can we just move you out of Utah and start producing these on a on a larger scale. And he was like, uh, I'm a polygamist. I can't really leave real? the state. Oh, this is all completely real. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah, he was a polygamist. They couldn't leave the state. And so a different manufacturer uh, was like, we're just going to build a, this is a really good product. We're just going to build this factory in uh, Utah. So you don't have to leave your cult of polygamy. Um, and then uh, the Navy, Basically, let them do it with the caveat that they could never raise the price of headphones that they sold to the Navy. So this company was selling it at like 1920s prices forever. I guess. Wow. I mean,
1: it's, I guess that's that is a pretty good origin story there. The twist involving the the polygamy thing, I was like, <laughs> oh, this, this is hack, Sean. <laughs> this is beneath <laughs> you
4: <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: But uh yeah, that, that all fits the idea. Like, what is all the, the money in the world worth if you have to abandon your wives and families? <laughs> he uh, thought
2: it was he thought it was trivial because he didn't believe in pairs. He was like, can We gotta get a can we get a third speaker on this one? <laughs>
1: another phone. He's like, This is just if you have another ear that you want to, and that's fine too. That's normal. Uh, so it's I'm just got an amazing, amazing life.
3: It's pretty amazing to invent headphones, but is it as amazing as playing Mr. Eddie slash Dick Laurent in Lost <laughs> no. Highway? Not
1: to me it's not. That's what I was going to say. It seems like it should be a hard thing because that's that guy's had an amazing life and he's made... I mean, we're all wearing Baldwins right now. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not like... He fucking Feech LaManna. Yeah. And moves on. <laughs> not a complicated decision for me in the least.
2: Uh, All right. So our next round, it is number two seed Arizona versus number 15 Princeton. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went with, you know, we don't pick athletes, but this guy's almost an athlete. It's coach himself, Craig T. Nelson.
3: It's pretty good. Nice. Uh, Very Arizona that, that Craig T. Nelson went to Arizona, I would say. Yeah. Uh, There's a that lot of dude, guys named Coach
2: in that state. <laughs> yep.
3: I bet that dude partied real hard. I had Princeton, and of course, a lot of choices for Princeton. I could have went a lot of ways here. I almost chose Dickie Greenleaf from the uh talented Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Ripley.
2: Talented Mr. Ripley has the peeping? But
4: instead.
2: <laughs>
3: I went with uh, the man who ended the Vietnam War, uh, Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, just to clarify, this is Dr. Manhattan. The, the character, the character, Craig T. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> was Craig T. Nelson, Craig T. Nelson, the man, from, I guess, coach and devil's advocate. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. And Poltergeist. Yeah. yeah. Polter-
2: <laughs> 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 I think of him as uh, the ex-husband in Trip Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Neffler, the muffler man um,
3: versus again, <laughs> Dr. Manhattan, the naked blue fictional character. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, all right. So this is a tough one, actually, because I've I admire the work of both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and both very powerful advocates for being bald mm-hmm. as well. I think yeah, that you definitely. Know, in different ways. <laughs> I'm gonna. I think that I'm going to have to go with Doctor Manhattan, not because of any of his powers or whatever, mm-hmm. but just because I think as a character, it's. He's resonated more uh, with me in terms of just like periodically thinking of people as being like stupid versions of Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. We have a lot of those yeah. right yeah. now in the culture. <laughs> um, I remember reading a review of Zack Snyder's a movie version of Watchmen that mm-hmm. had the phrase, and I'd have to look up who wrote it, but describing Dr. Manhattan's, uh, the phrase was pendulous azure wang. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you've had that written about you as a character like I think you at the very least get out of the first round I round. would yeah. guess
2: that
3: was A.O. Scott that wrote that it kind of has, has, yeah. has a little bit of a, it feels a like Scotty Tang Scott,
1: yeah.
2: about it doesn't yeah. it <laughs>
3: Um, all right, Sean, what do you want to do? Should we finish up the South bracket or should we move on to the East? I Let's
2: finish up the South, right? Okay.
3: Yeah. you. Well, been... Were you
2: going to say the other one or were you? No, gonna... no,
3: no. I was, I was, we agree. We're in agreement on that. Okay.
2: Run. So we're just going to go through, uh, the second, all the rounds until we get a final four. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, so our first second round matchup, uh, number one, Bernie Madoff, Madoff forces, uh, number eight, Travis Pastrana.
1: Hmm, this weird is tough. It is a weird matchup because <laughs> it's like there's a part of me that just feels like because I feel like Madoff, did he not make the like final four
3: previously?
2: Like, I, I feel think like he might have. Yeah, he made and the like, elite, elite eight. last elite year. Eight. Yeah.
1: yeah. And Travis Pastrana, like as much as I. So I admire his work in like his field. Also, I always liked his name because it, it like kind of faintly made me hungry. Yeah. Uh huh. Like there's a little, yeah. like you, it's just a hop, skip and a jump to Travis Pastrami. Mm-hmm. The, I guess I want to, you know, sort of give Pastrana an edge because he immiserated fewer people, but I think Bernie Madoff is a more indelible figure to me. I think I got to move mm-hmm. him ahead.
2: All right. Um, okay, the next the next game is a, a, a 12-13 battle, uh, Casey DeSantis versus Herman Lay. <laughs> I was really worried
1: it was going to be Casey DeSantis against Paul Gozar, and I would oh. have just oh, ended God. the call. <laughs> think, uh, all right, I think this is it's it's time. Herman Lay mm-hmm. has done enough to I think I, I've seen enough <laughs> from him to move him ahead of uh, Ron DeSantis's Jacksonville icon wife. Yeah. All right. Uh,
2: now we've got number six, Paul Gozar versus number fourteen, Michael Douglas.
1: satisfying. Douglas romps. It's not even... (laughs) This is a 40-point lead at the half.
2: And then uh, uh, two titans of cinema, Robert Loggia versus Dr. Manhattan. (laughs) (laughs) It's a 7-15 matchup, by the way. I was going to say, this is a real...
3: (laughs) This is maybe the funniest matchup we've ever had. (laughs) There's a rare... That
2: 7-15 game is rare.
3: Just imagine the...
1: Yes, that is something you, first of all, seldom see in an NCAA tournament. Also, uh...
4: Ah, I gotta tell you,
1: your penis is out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what would they be competing against each other?
3: Like a toupee wearing contest? Yeah, like (laughs) (laughs) Or they
1: just they each get a screen test for that orange juice commercial that Uh Robert Loja did.
3: (laughs) It's like, you don't put pulp in it. (laughs) I, I like to think of them together dancing on the big piano. Oh, that's yeah, like.
2: Well, Joey, you might have to Photoshop that one for the, the Instagram of this one.
4: Uh,
2: I don't want to, um, you know,
1: show my cards too early here. It's going to be really hard for anyone to stop Robert Loja. That includes yeah, Dr.
2: Man. Madden, Loja moves on. All right. Uh, we're into the Sweet 16. We're looking at Bernie Madoff versus Herman W. Lay. Oh. <laughs> uh, Wow! In,
3: in earlier times, if Bernie Madoff had existed in the 1930s or whatever, he could have ripped off Herman W. Like- oh yeah, he
2: <laughs> yeah. wouldn't have flaming hot Cheetos now.
1: <laughs> he Herman W. would have lost all of it. To a guy that he knew only as like a University of Alabama alum who seems yeah. trustworthy, he's <laughs> like, "Well,
0: I, I'm from Furman, South Carolina. I don't know. This seems like a good idea." I declare
1: the 13% annual return with well. <laughs> I say, I say, that is <laughs> <it's> a <laughs> <of> value. <laughs> now, of course, I don't always do business
0: with people of
1: Bernie Madoff's religious
0: persuasion. <laughs>
1: All right, so we've established that Herman Lay is an anti-Semite. We might as well now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and move him ahead.
2: All right, (laughs) Herman Lay moving to the elite eight, uh, and now we've got uh, Douglas versus Loja. I have a feeling I know which way this one's gonna go. I'm
1: sorry. I mean, obviously, I think I've probably uh, gone gone ahead and tipped things off. Uh, I admire Michael Douglas's work. Obviously, uh, everybody knows that, um, like. Not all of his films have meant exactly as, as much to me yeah. as Disclosure, but it's that influences all through yeah. my work. You can, if you've read my shit, if you've listened to me on podcasts, you know how much of of my worldview uh, reflects
2: that movie. That said, uh, Mr. Eddie, moving on again. It's really incredible that a movie about sexual harassment, uh, the final third, uh, takes place in The Matrix, in VR, basically. Almost yeah. entirely yeah. in VR, yes.
1: There's a lot of <laughs>
2: Uh, oh boy, Michael Crichton He was ahead of his time Yeah, uh, really,
1: just the first guy to, I mean, for a guy that like had a reputation As like, when I was a kid, it was like A thing like that was like a grown up book Mm -hmm. that was like Jurassic Park was like a little scary for kids. And then you actually get there as a grown up, and all of his books are like Japanese people are gonna fuck your wives. And then in this
4: case, it's like
1: you're gonna get in trouble for just for looking at boobs at work, even if the lady says that she wants you to. And that is the future
2: that liberals want. And that is that was well, the <laughs> once i found out that he was like six nine i was kind of yeah. like oh yeah he was just looking down women's dresses his entire life and someone yeah. finally called him on him he's like well i gotta write 550 words about this now yeah i mean i feel like this is the the thing with with
1: creighton that nobody really says but that he probably should have hooped instead of writing novels because yeah. he was tall as hell <laughs>
3: Michael Crichton, uh, by the way, former alumni tournament uh, inductee, I believe. Yeah. Oh, the first year we had Michael Crichton in. <laughs> yeah, he feels
1: like a Ivy League guy, possibly. Like I don't know who.
3: It was somewhere what... weird. Um, that's for sure. Um, I would it, I would was say it that
1: Furman University.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was where because he had he went to several places because he also oh it was Harvard no yeah. Yeah, I don't think we would have picked him for Harvard though. Um. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh. Let's Sometimes yep, people
2: have honorary degrees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would say Michael Douglas's performance is like uh, when a Patriot League team knocks off Duke in the second round, <laughs> and then they're just like. Exhausted after they yeah. have to come back the next weekend, and everyone's like, "We appreciate, we thank you for your service." Yeah, this is Take so it out go, sorry. That's how guys, I feel. Yeah.
3: Have you guys seen the trailer for the Fatal Attraction show that is coming out? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, what's amazing about is it, it a to limited
2: me, series or yes, is it just yes. going to yeah. is it like because a series of
1: crazy one night stands? If you saw the movie though, you know that that thing should have been six or eight hours.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite thing about it is so Sean. You haven't seen it yet, so David knows this, but uh, Joshua Jackson plays the Michael Douglas role, but they left him. He's wearing Michael Douglas hair. They gave him Michael Douglas' hairstyle, and it looks insane. (laughs) Yeah,
1: he was completely unplaceable. When I saw that it was him at the end of the trailer, I was like, oh, I guess. He looks a little jowly, but then he doesn't, they don't let him have the, like, general pacey presentation that he has yeah. you know, like into his whatever 40s probably uh-huh they just know they drop that like kind of foppish floppy 80s business guy hair on him yeah and yeah it's it's bizarre not, that's truly amazing <laughs> uh Lizzie Kaplan is in the uh glenn close role which yeah. is weird i'm sure that she's very good but it is the sort of thing where i've been watching and enjoying the uh new you know, party turn of party down yeah. and the idea that like at some point, she was like, I can't. I'm in this limited series where I play. It's an eight hour version of Fatal Attraction, so I can't come back and be in like I the most.
3: Looked <laughs> it up.
1: This moment. I
3: mm-hmm. looked it up. That actually is not why she's not was in it. like, in Fleishman, trouble, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Shot some of that in my neighborhood. Yeah. I never did see her. But uh, mm. yeah, I, you know, I guess like some people liked that. She's supposed to be very good in it or whatever.
4: Uh, but... <laughs>
1: I'm sure uh, it's very good. Anyway, yeah. yes. All right. So we're uh, down to Robert Loja and Herman Lay, right? Yeah,
2: for the for a spot in the final four.
1: Yeah, uh, Herman Lay has had an amazing run for somebody yeah. that I didn't know was real <laughs> until like 30 <laughs> minutes ago. I just assumed that it was uh, like Lay's potato chips. Just they picked a word that was associated with leisure
4: mm-hmm. and went with that
1: as <laughs> the name of the brand. Uh, But yeah, Robert Loja has given us a lot. I I think it's um, the scene. I mentioned it earlier when we were all doing Loja voices at the same time. (laughs) Uh It's going to be a great bit of podcasting for everybody. (laughs) There's a scene in uh, Lost Highway where he calls balthazar getty at home and just keep saying i just wanted to check and see that you're doing okay and increasingly more menacing and loja adjacent ways like just like raspier and raspier and weirder and be like yeah and uh i don't know it's one of my favorite bits of acting in any david lynch movie so
3: well uh i'll tell you what uh, you just chose the clip that will make the uh (sighs) The one shining moment moment at the end of this episode. Thank you, David.
2: (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Balthazar Getty. uh, Did you ever read the long, long David Foster Wallace piece about visiting that set? Buddy, you know, I fucking read that shit. (laughs) (laughs) He hates Balthazar Getty so much.
1: And one of the things he hated about him was that he overheard him doing an imitation of David Lynch, like to somebody else or like on the phone. Uh huh in the piece is like written as if like getty is a bully and like whatever he's a getty like he's probably mm -hmm. a turd and yet at the same time like doing an imitation of david lynch's speaking voice is like all of our rights as an american it is one of the great pleasures of being able to do silly things with your voice
3: also david lynch likes that
1: yes (laughs) yeah yeah.
3: his most famous performance is him doing a david lynch
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. like that's what Gordon Cole is basically just like David Lynch's David Lynch voice. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, um all right Sean.
1: Let's go to What's the our east. final? Oh. Wait, before we do it, can I get more water? Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
3: all right Sean, the east bracket. Uh we are starting with of course uh Texas Southern versus SDU, who was our uh no, it's Farley
2: uh, Dickinson, oh, actually. Sorry. It's Fairly, Fairly Dickinson, please. Fairley Dickinson? Sorry.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's my uh, it's the closest school to where I grew up to make the schools oh. here. Yeah. All
2: right. So for Texas Southern, uh they, a HBCU. We have actually run through some of the stars. Weirdly, Texas Southern making the tournament all the time.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I went for Jennifer Holiday from Dream Girls. Wow. Ooh, that good. is a distinguished yeah. alumni. Yeah. And then uh, Farley Dickinson University, I went with Vince Namoli, uh, the first owner <laughs> of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Uh, he's a glass <laughs> container magnate. Um, And uh, in the early days with the race, he refused to purchase Internet access or an email system for the race to keep costs down because he thought email was a fad. Uh, Also, he did not let anyone bring in outside food, including an elderly woman with diabetes who had her own prepared food to regulate her sugar levels. As a result, he made her sit in her tour bus for the duration of the game.
1: But the thing that people don't Jennifer ever talk Holiday. about with him. Yeah, they talk yes. about the thing where he made the diabetic ladies sit outside um, oh. because it would have, might have cost him six or seven dollars. But no one talks about the fact that he paid Greg Vaughn and Jose Canseco. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, is he all bad? <laughs>
0: yes. also, yeah,
1: so <laughs> everything that you said, everything is bad. It's definitely Jennifer <laughs> Holiday. That is easy.
2: Didn't All he? Right. Um, didn't he give Wade Boggs extra money to go into the Hall of Fame as a as, as a, a Tampa Bay Ray? And then the yeah. Hall of Fame's like, he's we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this it's like is embarrassing. <laughs> like,
1: it's more embarrassing to you than you seem to understand, but it is also embarrassing to us. All right. He, yeah. Go ahead.
3: Oh no! Go ahead.
1: No, I had I nothing else to add. The oh, early seemed, early right. days, rays were all amazing. Right.
2: Uh, yeah. One of the most cynical organizations. <laughs> <in the world. laughs> so it's, all the names seem fake too. It's like yeah, Chuck Lamar was involved. Like what?
1: <laughs> yeah, like for all right, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure that that was like a that's a character in a like
2: <laughs> I'm forgetting the neat Carl Hyacen novel. Like such <laughs> a Chuck Lamar. And they keep doing moves like I remember they they. Took Bobby Abreu in the expansion draft, and we're like, we need Kevin Stalker. So we're going to trade 23 year old Bobby Abreu uh, to the Phillies.
1: Yeah. They were, their team building thing was just basically like, if you, like if you were in a coma for a long time and then you were awakened and entered into a fantasy draft, that is how they built their team. And so it's just a lot of really bizarre, like just being like, is, is Fred uh, McGriff alive? And they're like, good news, sir. He's alive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just pay him.
3: Um, all right. So Jennifer holiday from number 16, Texas Southern is taking on from number one, Purdue, Dave blood. The bassist for the Dead Milkmen. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> Big Dead Milkmen fan. I did not remember that Dave Blood was mm-hmm. the name of anyone in that band. Also, yeah. I would not have guessed that anyone in that band attended college. Well, yeah,
3: <laughs> that was partly why I chose him is because his Wikipedia is wild. Uh, oh. he before, is he one of those
1: guys that's like secretly a physics PhD or something like that?
3: Before joining the Dead Milkman, he was a PhD candidate in economics at Purdue. Uh, Then When on tour with the Dead Milkmen They visited Yugoslavia And he became Fascinated with Serbia Its culture and people After the band disbanded He enrolled at Indiana University To study Serbo-Croatian Language, literature, and history Then moved to Serbia For work and study in 1998 But had to leave because NATO bombed it (laughs)
1: <laughs> this feels like it should have some sort of sinister element because the idea of just going there and being like this plan, unbelievable yeah. Yeah. like it's like I'm sure it's really cool. I've heard good things, but there's also like it feels like there has to be some sort of like Eli Roth's hostile. Yeah,
4: <laughs> to what
1: we're talking about. Uh, as a Dead Milkman fan, this is really unfair because Jennifer Holliday certainly better at singing and acting than anyone in the dead (laughs) milkman was at (laughs) playing their instruments but i'm allowed to be as biased as i want to be um so i will uh move the the big lizard in my backyard moves on to the next round
2: honestly she doesn't know shit about server croatian literature so i think that's a fair decision (laughs) yeah
3: all right Uh, sean number eight memphis versus number nine fau who All you right, got for Memphis,
2: Uh Memphis alum. I went for actor William Sanderson, known as Larry nice. <laughs> from Newhart and Eb Farnham from Deadwood. Oh, yeah. on Newhart, he has two brothers named Daryl. It's uh, our
3: second uh, second time in the uh tournament. He was in the the Andraski year for sure. Um,
1: oh, okay. Sanderson's a. A legend. I'm yeah, glad great. to hear that him yep. Another guy and, also that I'm not a hundred percent sure that I would have
2: imagined him going to college <laughs> just because he right. <laughs> just, just all those people that you can't really imagine young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh
3: well, he he's about to romp because from number nine FAU, he's taking on Chris Caraba, better known as Dashboard Confessional. Come on. Wow. <laughs> Get out of
1: here. Get out of here. Yeah. There's a moment from a dashboard confessional video that I think like kind of sums up toxic like that version of like mall emo dudes where like a girl is yelling at him and he's playing slot cars while sitting on the floor in the video. And it's supposed to be like a powerful moment, I guess, like on his behalf and all I was thinking about was just being like, you need to like fucking get out of the house with this guy. You're like, a
3: 32-year-old he... man playing slot cars?
1: Yeah, like he's the good guy in this scenario about the about the breakup that he's always having and writing songs about. Yeah, William Sanderson. Call me when Chris Carrabo can pull off endorsing A&W Root Beer in a series of iconic <laughs> ads.
4: <laughs>
3: Um, All right, number five, Duke versus number Mm. 12, uh, Oral Roberts. Uh, Duke had a lot of choices. I don't know if you know this, David. A lot of famous villains have gone to Duke. Mm -hmm. But I tried to choose the Dukiest Duker of all. And that's why appearing for number five Duke is, of course, uh, author and internet personality tucker max
0: Oof. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh boy
3: uh, i hope they serve beer in hell because they definitely did it at duke
1: wow well i guess i did think i did know that he went to duke <laughs> I tried to stop knowing things about Tucker Max. It's kind of surprisingly hard.
3: I kind of Just... forgot he existed until I read his name. I'm going to be honest. So
1: he is still kicking and he is on Twitter and you should not read any of his posts. He has become <laughs> un... like for a while he was like, I'm not toxic anymore. I live on a ranch with my wife and my kids and I don't ever write made up stories about like having anal sex with passed out people anymore. Mm-hmm. And now he is like a manosphere like reactionary of guy. Of course yep. he is. Yeah. yeah. He's going to do anyway who will like the thing is though he's facing someone from oral roberts so there's uh definitely a chance he sneaks through this round because like i know who he is and he was played by matt chukri in a movie
4: Mm -hmm.
2: uh well oral roberts uh televangelist you uh i chose former mtv president brian Graydon, who uh as well as stewarding uh, the the rise of Total Request Live, created the dating show Studs. Two things about Studs: it was canceled to make room for the Chevy Chase show, and it <laughs> featured Ron <laughs> Goldman as a contestant in
1: 1992. <laughs> the idea that you that the show a show called Studs, which I don't really know very much about, but the I think you can guess at what it's about. <laughs> The, the, the idea that the person that created that went to a school where girls couldn't wear dresses <laughs> or pants, probably,
2: yeah. is amazing. He also um, commissioned the short from uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone to the, where they made the Jesus versus Santa thing. Mm-hmm. And when uh, the network passed on it, he quit his job. Wow. To be wow. an executive producer on South Park.
1: Well... I'm, you know, not a huge South Park fan, not a huge Studs fan, not even a really that big a Total Request Live fan, but that is, you have have won me over. This guy, yeah. I think, is going to get past Tucker Max.
3: Justice, justice for uh, Chris Caraba, who definitely yeah. appeared on several episodes of Total
4: Request Live. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I?
1: Total Request Live, my Total Request Live story, to the extent that I have one, uh, <laughs> I guess I do have one. So my therapist's office used to be located in Times Square, which is not a very therapeutic environment, um, but it was like above, the first it was the WWE restaurant, mm-hmm. then it became the Hard Rock Cafe. It's in the same Oh, room. right, yeah. Next yeah. to the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. If you've uh-huh. been to New York, oh. you know, these are all yeah. landmark uh, things. But the MTV studios were like a block away, and they were up, glassed. Studio on the second or third story of a building, and kids would stand on the sidewalk, like hoping to catch a glimpse of Nick Lachey as he walked Mm -hmm. by a window, and then making a whooping sound. And there were times where I would be in therapy during Total Request Live, and I would hear like as like you could hear it from up it was on you know whatever the thirteenth floor or something like that. If there was someone big enough there, you could get like whooping sounds almost as like punctuation to an insight
4: (laughs) that you had.
1: So I guess I owe Brian Graydon for that. Cause that was a real, that's a powerful memory for me is the idea of being like, well, maybe I'm never going to be able to please my dad. And then you just hear like
2: ah! <laughs> down on the street. Oh man. I gotta, I gotta clarify something. Uh, Dr. Peppersing was actually Charles T. Pepper. Okay. I'm Dude, sorry about look, that. Look, look, I don't look. want to mislead you. Uh, he actually lost in the first round to Joe <laughs> Estrehas.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: well, that's, yeah. a, that's a tough one. That's just a bad matchup. Yeah, it um, has, it's all about fights. matchups
0: in this.
3: Did
2: I make that decision? Was that me or was that Matt Lee? No, no, no. That was uh, that was back in 2020. Oh, okay. Josh oh, Androsky made that
4: call. Uh,
2: yeah.
3: Sean, uh, it's number four, Tennessee versus number 13, Louisiana. Who are the Vols uh, putting up?
2: You know, I had a choice of so many segregationist uh, senators <laughs> here but I had to go off the table with the university of Tennessee alumni. And I went with Peter side, the inventor of the N95 mask. Oh, hmm. thank but, you. It's uh, uh, something that people in Tennessee are probably furious. About.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, no one's claiming him. They're all just like, well, well whatever.
3: The Louisiana raging Cajuns. I'm going to say right now, uh, weirdly had the gayest two alumni of any of the colleges. I looked up, uh, one had appeared in the tournament before, and that was, of course, Richard Simmons. So mm-hmm. I had to go with the other one, Frank Ocean. Oh,
1: <laughs> you went to Is he from like Lafayette, Louisiana. I don't know, like that. There's a lot of out of state <laughs> students. Right.
3: I mean, no, no idea. Um, he is from so, Long Beach, California. I don't wow. know. Don't know why he went there. Oh, no, he was born in New Orleans. I don't know. Yeah, he grew, he grew up in New Orleans. So. <laughs> All right, so the idea of just being like leaving, like Long Beach is no great shakes, but the idea of being like I got to be
1: closer to Baton Rouge, like it's important, is really uh, surprising to me.
3: Oh, so he had to is, transfer there because he was at the University of New Orleans, but uh oh Hurricane Katrina! Hurricane Katrina! Katrina oh. He had oh, to wow. transfer to the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. Um, there you go. <laughs>
1: Wow. All right, so to clarify, this is Frank Ocean against the inventor the of, the, of the N95, N95 mask. mask, yeah. Wow. Uh <laughs> two strong bodies of work. Uh I'll move Frank ahead, I think. Um not that the N95 mask isn't hasn't been extremely important to me over the last few years. I mm-hmm. think it's just You know, as you were saying earlier, that there's a fatigue factor here. Uh, Like, you know, if you asked me last year, I would have been uh, more grateful at this point. It's just kind of not something that anybody enjoys thinking about.
2: Yeah. All right. Our next matchup, it's number six, Kentucky versus number 11, Providence. Uh, Number six, Kentucky is going to be represented by Happy Chandler. Uh, oh, who, who is MLB a commissioner. Yeah, he resigned as governor of Kentucky to be the commissioner of baseball. Uh, he was basically fired by the owners at the end of his first term because he integrated baseball and started a pension for the players. Uh, and then he went back and became governor of Kentucky again and uh, desegregated colleges in the school, in the states. Uh, I believe his real name is Albert. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Happy Chandler
3: for Providence. Uh, look, I had to break our no athletes rule because uh, Providence keeps making the tournament, and you can't pick uh, the guy who invent, who created wings, who died in nine eleven more than once. He made the final uh, four of the very first yeah. year. <laughs> or uh, John, o- of course, John O'Hurley, who um, everybody knows played G oh, yeah. Peterman on Seinfeld, also has made the tournament before. So I had yeah. to. Scrape the bottom of the barrel, but I did it with my sight set very specifically on our <laughs> judge. Uh, let's remember some guys. David Roth for Providence. Number 11. We have utility infielder for the Boston Red Sox, Lou Merloney. Oh, wow.
1: wow. New England <laughs> icon, too. I will never have to pay in any Dunkin Donuts franchise yeah. anywhere on Earth. So Merloney is still active on, like, sports talk radio uh-huh. up there, mm-hmm. which is, I think if he wasn't, I would give him a chance of moving <laughs> ahead here for all of Happy Chandler's, uh, you know, achievements. Like, Merloney was a, a pretty prototypical guy, but he's a mm-hmm. part of that, like boston sports radio thing where it's like every now and then a clip leaks out where it's like a guy that used to play tight end for the patriots and lou merloni being like i feel like uh you know Jalen brown <laughs> he's reading 20 books and uh you know is just taking his focus off the game and like so that i uh, he's bad vibes now
3: just I because i will of the say it. apparently at one point the one thing i i only remembered the name lou merloni but i looked it up and he caught some controversy at one point during the like height of the steroids era, saying when he played for the Red Sox during spring, tra- spring training, they had a doctor come in and tell them how to do steroids. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. not like... And he was like, very specifically, it wasn't pro-steroids, it was just like, the, the conversation you have with your daughter, like... If you're going to do it, here's how to do it safely. (laughs) You got to use a
0: condom. And (laughs) and then
3: apparently everyone called him a liar for years about how that never happened in the Red Sox until finally Peter Gammons talked to a bunch of Red Sox on the team on that specific team, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that totally happened."
4: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's <easy>. I was <laughs> told he
3: like talk
1: to the doctor, and he was like, "I'm just an av- I'm just a safe steroids guy. I don't think you know they're gonna be doing it, okay, because they're young and they want to get swole." And yeah, <laughs> uh, that's off to Lou Marloni for that. Also, <laughs> anybody popping off in the Boston Herald and like just throwing all of his teammates under the bus that way. So he did this while he was a player. He was like, yeah, we had the steroid chat today. Uh.
3: Well, it was like later because he couldn't even remember which spring training it was. They had to like then go back and figure it out.
2: Wow. (laughs) Well, I remember Manny Alexander uh, for the Red Sox uh, competing with Lou Merloni for that utility infield spot. Got caught with like a car full of steroids. Mm. but a bat boy had borrowed it, and they just they just fired the bat boy and are like, nice. "What was he doing in Manny Alexander's car?" That is not That's the culture crazy.
1: that we are trying to build here on the very bad <laughs> mid nineties Boston
2: Red Sox. This is not something that Jose Canseco, David Ortiz, or Troy O'Leary would recommend.
3: Or, or Trot Nixon, um, Brian no, Dabach <laughs>
1: would never. <laughs> <laughs> completely rectangular guys, but all natural <laughs>
4: rectangular yeah. guys.
1: Uh, all right. Well, Blue Maloney- obviously his strong legacy, didn't yeah. uh, desegregate shit, whereas yeah, Happy uh-huh. Chandler desegregated everything he could.
3: If anything, I think Lou Merloni probably segregated some stuff. Yeah, All right, he's, uh, he's too <laughs> beloved
2: in Boston.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, I was gonna say it's, like, it's sort of a matter and anti-matter yeah. scenario here. Uh, Happy Chandler moves on.
3: Lou Merloni famously, of course, was actually holding the flagpole trying to stab that black man in that
4: Boston <laughs> <part of> the- <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> All right.
2: Sean. Uh, our next matchup, Kansas, number three, Kansas State versus mm-hmm. number 14, Montana State. Joey, you have yes. uh the the uh, t- Wildcats. Wildcats.
3: The number three, Kansas State. Uh there's only one man I can think of who saw improv comedy and said, let's make this longer. <laughs> it's the creator of long form improv, Dell
2: Close. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> much I mean,
4: like, like this podcast, <laughs>
2: <laughs> much like this podcast, he create it was a marathon, an improv marathon. Uh, Montana State, uh, not a lot of alums. I went with the partly cloudy patriot herself, Sarah Vowell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't really like either of these
2: choices
4: very much.
2: also voices the no,
3: Like the fans of these two people only like they might be giants. And I say that as a person who loves <laughs> they might be giants. Isn't it weird
2: that she does one of the voices in The Incredibles?
3: Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah.
1: Either of you guys have a sterile valve voice that you're comfortable breaking out
2: here?
4: Nope. Nope.
2: I was like, yeah, that's what NPR wants. That kind of enunciation.
1: Yeah, it is impressive that she has been able to like build a career basically stunting on npr on Uh npr but like just doing an imitation of an npr (laughs) voice and they're just sort of like we loved it and we hope you'll come back
0: okay
1: they're like we can maybe lower energy next time she's like okay
2: she Uh, really had like a voice built for podcast reads yeah so
1: That having been said, obviously, strong legacy there. I'm going to go ahead and pick the improv pervert over (laughs) (laughs) (sighs)
4: Sarah. All right, John.
3: Number seven, Michigan State versus number 10, USC. Uh, For Michigan State, um, there were... Not that many choices as you'd think. Not as many good choices as you'd think. So I went with uh reporter Richard Cooper, who famously won the Pulitzer Prize for his coverage of the Attica prison riots.
2: Oh. Good job. Um I for USC, I mean it's a it's a wonderful field. I picked uh longtime Jeopardy host, LeVar Burton. <laughs> No one's no one's ever been more upset about losing a game show audition publicly than LaVar Burton did with Jeopardy. Yeah. Some, a job that people thought he would be amazingly well suited for, for no reason at all. I think just because he's like people.
1: I think the people, first of all, that have strong opinions about who should be hosting Jeopardy. Let's like <laughs> draw the distinction there between that is not an opinion that like most normal people have where they're like, <laughs> like if you go up to them and you're like, who are your top five? A lot of people would be like, I, I don't know. I don't like is the Canadian guy still alive? Yeah, like mm-hmm. the Pat Sajak, I guess. Yeah, um, could Will Ferrell do it doing yeah. the imitation <laughs> that he did of the other guy? But yeah, the, the idea. But the people that were passionate about it, I think, were people that like thought that LeVar Burton wrote all the books on Reading Rainbow. Yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah, just
2: exactly. completely conflated him with that. Well, um, I have to say, having done a little bit of writing for television panel shows, it is shocking to me how much people think uh, that like tv is improvised. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's <laughs> makes sense. Um I have a
3: question for you guys about that Jeopardy hosting thing before we finish here though. Yeah. Do you think that one of the greatest like sliding doors not to be Bill Simmons about this. Wow. Moments.
1: Well. <laughs> in, if you're going to uh, ask this question, you got to ask yeah. it in a Simmons voice. Yeah. That's, you gotta
3: do. do you think one of the greatest sliding doors moments <laughs> in sports history? Is Aaron Rodgers not getting the Jeopardy! hosting gig? Because he goes crazy (laughs) right after. (laughs) Like, he loses his mind directly after not getting it. Like, weeks uh, after not getting it.
1: (laughs) I was thinking about that today. I wrote a post about Aaron Rodgers today for the website. You know, like, I don't recreationally think about him, but every now and then Mm -hmm. I have to do it for work. And the the speed with which he has <laughs> completely trashed and I don't know what it was that he did that everybody was like no, he's the like the hyper competitive psychopath quarterback mm-hmm. that's chill. like it was obviously like that was never true and so yeah. it was always going to you know come up he was <laughs> but like I think if he had gotten it, he would have had to like stay normal yeah, or like he
3: couldn't be the anti-vax guy for sure. Because right. those I mean, Jeopardy be. people would not have had that. No, because they tried to cancel my imbiolic a week before for being anti vax and her anti-vaxxing
2: was really mild where she was like, I don't know if we need German measles anymore. My kids yeah. have all the other vaccinations. It was like, like the version of anti-vaxxing
1: that you're likely to encounter like in your travels through the normal world where it's yeah. just like someone yeah. that read a million posts and became a genius and they're like, well, there actually hasn't been German measles since they started vaccinating it. So we could probably stop vaccinating for it because it's gone.
2: Well, people, no, Yeah. <laughs> Before COVID, the anti-vax thing was actually more of like a far left thing. Absolutely. Yes. It was, it was like, it was like Santa Monica and Marin County was like, oh, this is. This is your birtherism. Yeah. The CSA that I worked at
1: and that I was a part of for many years was run by a woman that I knew was anti-vax. But it was like otherwise I didn't fucking I didn't have to talk to her about it. (laughs) Like I felt bad that her like kid wasn't vaccinated and stuff, but it like also kind of wasn't my problem. And like (laughs) sort of thing, like I'd get there, she'd have already done the math about like how much broccoli everyone was gonna get. So like that was the nature (laughs) of our But I got a call from her like the summer, like basically this would be like June 2020. So like there's we're a long way from a vaccine. Things are very bad. And she was like, we're going to do it again. We're just going to do it all outdoors. Uh, like, do you want to come like be a part of our CSA distribution? And I was like, "Not really like fucking riding mass transit right now. If I can avoid it. So that's a no. Like. But she was just like I, at that point, I think had like been participating in protests like it was like the <laughs> moment found her. And so this lady who like otherwise like the, her like most annoying trait beyond being anti-vax was like always like making a point that like her husband knew Carmelo Anthony. That was like, <laughs> kind of, like now suddenly like she's ascendant and I'm yeah. like, whatever, making cloth masks in my yeah. house. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so. It's, it's not bad Cooper or LeVar Burton. Yeah. <laughs> so, while well, you did bring up that LeVar Burton was incredibly undignified in complaining about not getting a game show host yeah. gig, something uh, he's
2: not really qualified for for yeah. any reason.
1: But I mean, he's like been a performer a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I guess I what... guess that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So I would I'm going to give it to him off of uh, goodwill being for being actually
3: Rainbow. famous. Not supposed yes. to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough. <laughs>
2: All right, uh, our final matchup, number two, Marquette versus number 15, Vermont. Joey, who do you have for the Catamounts, I think? Uh,
3: That's correct. Uh, This is a person I thought was a fictional character, but it turns out he's a a real person. Uh, And also, it's going to blow your mind that he went to the University of Vermont, but it's Rupert Von Trapp. One of the youngest members of the (laughs) Sound of Music family.
1: (laughs) So this is like a generation on from, like, fleeing fascism. There was just the pothead von Trapp. Yeah.
3: No. So they were, they toured. All right, we got to. So they
1: flee, (laughs) they flee Austria. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's where it begins.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Um. (laughs) rupert von trap let me i forgot to keep this this wikipedia page open
2: so they so toured as the trap as the singers, trap yeah.
3: singers okay. in america and went on like ed sullivan all the time and then that ended up turning into the book the sound of music which ended up turning into the musical sound of music
1: <laughs> wow <laughs> so how early are we talking here? Because the movie
2: The Sound of Music is like in the 60s.
4: Mm-hmm. So uh, they
2: get me... to the U.S. in like after the annexation of Austria. So it's like 1939. They mm-hmm. get to America.
3: Uh, so, yeah, he the the traps, the trap singers are active from 35 to 57.
1: Um, That's solid. 22 anyway year career
3: i don't there was no it was unclear how he went to the university of vermont when you clicked on his name it just went to the trap family singers but it is listed under notable alumni of the <laughs> vermont countabouts
4: fact? Tra- all right
3: von trap yeah
2: uh, all right uh, uh. It's amazing, Joey. I just went with uh, someone who brought me a great deal of joy in my life from Marquette University, uh, Chris Farley. Oh, wow.
1: I didn't realize that he was Catholic educated. Good for Chris Farley. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I was sort of a little bit surprised he was college educated, but uh, he also played rugby union at Marquette. Okay. it's not that surprising, I would say.
1: Yeah, I was associated him more with like... Chicago than Milwaukee, but right. I, uh, mm-hmm. it's got to be Chris Farley. With all due respect to yeah, the track family enough. singers and their long career, <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris Farley's got the edge. Again, in of... I
3: was just shocked that that was a real person.
1: Yeah. Well, in some <laughs> that's ways it's, like, it's sort of weird that like Ben and Jerry are real, too. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah, the, yeah, something yeah. about Vermont like does sort of like, shade
2: into that. <laughs> like, You're like, oh, that's a, that's a myth- mythical forest there.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: um all right let's let's see who advances out of here uh first matchup number one Dave Blood versus number eight William Sanderson
3: oh wow, wow. this is
2: wow yeah the this test is, of
1: David right, right David Ross
3: heart yeah <laughs> yeah this
1: is a tough one I mean because it's like as much as I loved a and W root beer and uh <laughs> William Sanderson's brief performance in Blade Runner <laughs> I do still own a lot of dead milkman records Mm -hmm. only because i just you can't get rid of used records anymore uh i'm gonna go ahead and pick dave blood i don't feel amazing about it wow
3: eb farnham one of the funniest tv performances ever (laughs) out in the second round
1: tough (laughs) well The other thing to mention about Dave Blood that's important here uh, to people that are not familiar with the Dead Milkman, it's not because he's good at playing bass. Mm -hmm. No. None of those guys could play their instruments at all.
4: It's just (laughs) this
1: strict
2: high school nostalgia shit. Okay, so our next matchup, uh, our two most prominent uh, gay tournament members so far, Brian Graydon versus Frank Ocean. Studs versus, you know, just a stud, a a stud, yeah, a stud. Wow. Um,
1: I guess like I'll have to move Frank Ocean ahead here just because
2: I'm like I don't actually like South Park that much. Yeah, yeah, totally fair. (laughs) Um, all right, number six, Happy Chandler versus number three, Del Close. Well, we (laughs) could finally get the uh, extended
1: improv experience out of the fucking paint
2: oh could happy chandler
1: do a herald
4: <laughs> <laughs> so both of
1: you have uh lives in comedy mm-hmm. and around yeah. the comedy uh tell me a little bit about what long form improv is beyond like probably sort of what
2: it sounds like so uh short form improv is like what you see uh on whose line is it anyway mm-hmm. where you have to do the question game or everyone's line has to start with a uh consecutive letter of the alphabet. Yeah, um,
4: and
3: uh long oh form is God. when you have to pay Matt Besser $1200 to get a TV writing job 5 <laughs> years later. <laughs>
4: um, ah. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, well,
3: uh, never going to get a job again. All right. Uh Sean, what's our next matchup?
2: <laughs> well, we have to we have to decide. Did, did we pick oh. between Happy Chandler and Del Close? Yes, Happy Chandler. Won. Yeah, yeah. Happy the, Chandler. Happy yeah, Chandler yeah,
1: yeah. beats the guy that had the genius to introduce rules to comedy. Yeah, yeah.
2: The, someone has to tell a boring story, and then a waiter acts it out with uh, his. Friends. <laughs> um, okay, and then we've got number ten, Levar Burton, versus number two, Chris Farley.
1: Wow. Oh, yeah. It's kind of unfair <laughs> to LeVar Burton. Uh, just didn't make as much of an impression on me. If he had fallen through a few more tables while doing yeah. a weird, like, <laughs>
2: pumping your arms from side to side <laughs> gesture, you would have had a shot. But this is this is Farley for me. All right. Uh, two musicians with fake names matching up in the Sweet 16. <laughs> it's Dave Blood versus Frank Ocean. Jeez. I assume he's not Billy Ocean's son. If he no, is, I, I apologize. Born Francis Jefferson Ocean.
1: In either New Orleans or Long Beach, we were not yeah. able to get
4: that away. <laughs> he uh, would have
1: been Frank Gulf otherwise and it yeah. <laughs> worked out really well. Uh, at this point, I've already advanced Dave Blood so much further than to have gone. But I almost feel like I should just send him on to the next round. I mean, it's, it's your Whatever. world. Sorry, Frank Ocean, for your extremely distinguished body of work being asked out by this guy but
2: i mean he deserves to go as far as the guy from disturbed yeah. yes did the Our, guy from disturbed go to like the final four uh he went, to the, elite he eight, went to the elite
3: eight yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> because uh matt lieb really loves disturbed all right uh yeah, that, that might have been yeah uh, okay uh
2: happy chandler versus chris farley again uh
1: two happy guys all credit yes i was gonna say um two uncomplicated legacies yeah. i <laughs> you don't want to say that like happy chandler's work in desegregating every institution that he could is somehow less than uh like living Tommy in a boy. van down
2: by the river right uh, but yeah. at the same
1: time you know as somebody that spent a great deal of time in my youth thinking about both those things i'm gonna i'm gonna move farly ahead Speaking i think i see what's gonna happen here long form
3: improv Mm-hmm. Did you know that uh, Matt, what's his name, the, the the living in a van down by a river guy, was rich. Origi- yeah, Matt Foley. That's a Bob Odenkirk character that he yeah. gave to Chris Farley because it was when funnier. he worked on yeah. SNL. Because it was much funnier when Chris Farley did it. Yeah, but can't you imagine Bob Odenkirk just? how angry that character is. Yeah,
4: it's a much darker... That somehow winds up being
1: like... There's like a Vince Gilligan 3 yeah.
4: like
1: <laughs> Yeah, that would be... I mean, I mean, crying I mean. in the van at the end. <laughs> yeah. Throwing really that beer at be boats. An amazing performance, but that is... Yeah, uh, yeah wow. That is... <laughs>
2: foley um all right. am to think about uh all right so our our final matchup dave blood versus chris farley this
1: is where dave blood's wild ride ends perfect uh, <laughs> work uh he's now free to return to serbia to enjoy the the culture and the fair that he loves well, and the literature that he studies
3: i i don't want to break bad news to you yes dave, but dave blood is dead uh he died um and yeah he killed in the nato bombing of serbia no he uh overdosed on drugs on purpose all right what a bummer way to end the show wow
1: wow at least chris farley's still alive (laughs) so good (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) well that's it sean what's our fight what's uh what two competitors are going up against two more to find out later
2: well we're gonna have to see uh uh, you know family Guy star Robert loggia came out of the south and uh, the Beverly Hills ninja himself uh, Chris Farley. Wow came out of the east very I, lame
1: of me to pick two showbiz guys and now i feel bad for herman lay
3: i actually <laughs> think dave blood it should be loja versus blood i th- that's what's in your heart we know it I
4: anyway know. <laughs> there's an honor
2: you know missouri does have an honorary degree for robert loja and uh his last do you know what his last film was no, no. Independence Day resurgence. That's
3: great. Uh, Fucking a. Good <laughs> for him. What a legacy. Uh, subscribe to Defector where you can yeah. read Dave Roth's uh, yeah. amazing, oh, great writing. And uh,
2: Dave, I, Dave, I will, I will say, my father texts me about Defector every single day. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, that's awesome to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. I got him a membership, and then he was, then he had it, and then gave me a membership in return and I was like I was like I have a membership but thank you dad.
4: This is the <laughs> like, shit we I, love to hear. <laughs> yeah, It was really good and my dad my dad's just like all that
2: drew um <laughs> he's, he's now he's now um he's reading is it the hike is that the name of Drew's yeah, book Yeah, the book. It's, my dad it's a good is, book. My dad is so aggressive about the library like he watches he just makes my mom watch former academy award nominees that he rents on dvd from the library but he's also reading drew McGarry's book
1: to me that is about the peak of dad behavior yeah. nothing yeah, but so respect good. for that yeah. great work
4: uh, thank yeah, you uh to sean's effector, dad and to also the to the joey
3: Sean. <laughs> uh thanks dave so much um i forgot to get a frankie Muniz tweet this has been too long but you know what uh Let's end this a different way. Anyway, here is uh, he, came, he
2: came in fifth in his race this yeah, week. By
3: the way, yeah. oh, congrats, Frankie Muniz. <laughs> uh, here's a uh, this this side of the brackets version of one shining moment performed by Sean and edited
2: by me. <laughs> <laughs> It's senior night at the University of Kentucky as the Wildcats honor five seniors. And now, one of the most emotional
0: moments in sport. Former Governor A.B. Happy Chandler to sing My Old Kentucky Home.
4: The sun
0: shines bright in my old Kentucky home. This is baby boy, baby boy. He's very old, he's deaf, he's blind. The ball is tipped, there you are. You're running for your life. You're shooting star in all the years. No one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows. So won't you kill me in one shining moment? It's all on the line One shining moment They're frozen in time It's late, Miss Reddy, I am uh... I'm really glad to know you're doing
4: okay you sure you're okay? Everything alright?
0: The time is short And the road is long In the blinking of an eye ah, oh, that moment's gone And when it's done Win or lose, you always did your best, because inside you knew. Right next to me is uh, Ron Goldman, a 23-year-old tennis pro. Give him a big hand. The one shining moment you reached deep inside, one shining moment you knew you were alive. Hello, my name is Sarah Bowell. Dr. Lecter, my name is Clarice Starling. For starters, I suggest the drinking of Diet A and W Root Beer. Baby boy. Feel the beat of your heart, feel the wind in your face. It's more than a contest, it's more than a race. When it's done, win or lose. You always did your best. Cause inside you knew. My name is (laughs) Delphin. Its name is Harold. And one shining moment you reached for the sky. One shining moment you knew. One shining moment you were willing to try. One shining moment you
4: knew. One shining moment. In 1931,
1: he started peddling chips out of the back of his truck. Seriously. Seriously. And that's how he made a living.